Welcome back to another episode of the FOMO Fans Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brian Fanzo. And today we're going to get put our futurist hat on. And for many of you, if you, if you follow me across the social media channels, um, you'll notice that you know part of my real big brand, um, you know, is something where I've I've been labeled and called and hired as a futurist. But it wasn't until recently that I've kind of doubled down on owning that and even redefining what that means. And that's part of what this episode is about is I want to talk a little bit about trends, a little bit about um, not predicting trends, rather, how do we analyze trends? And then also, what is the importance of businesses, your business, small business, entrepreneurship, or big corporate businesses in empowering your employees to understand trends? But I would say even more importantly, as we look at this digital future, we have to start looking at this you know, emotional connection and really, how do we start connecting all of these, I won't even say buzzwords, right? And, you know, I, I, I've always caveat that I never really considered myself a marketer. I, my dream job, for, you know, out of college, which I ended up, you know, uh, pursuing was a technology evangelist. And I want to kind of start there as what was my role as a technology evangelist and why I think it's more important in 2020 for all of us to understand what that means. How do we as how do we as consumers, how do we as leaders start to better understand technology? How do we start to better understand trends? How do we better understand where not only where things are going, but what we learned from in the past. And I can tell you, you know, I, I worked in the cloud computing space for a good while, and I was blown away at how long the process was for us to move from a data center on-prem environment into a cloud-enabled environment that we live in today. And I'm talking, I mean, years upon years. And the thing that has always scared me about the futurist label, or even where I look at analysts, is most of the time what we're trying to study is what has the past taught us about the future? Where are we currently at? What are the things that we are currently um, evolving around? And then what is the what does the future look like? And for me as a technology evangelist, and really what I've always prided myself on, was that I do not believe technology is the end-all be-all. I do not believe it can solve people problems. I do not believe that technology alone will make the world a better place. I do not believe that that for, for many businesses or brands, technology is the answer. But I will say this, technology has shrinked the distance between us and our consumer. It's shrinked the distance between how we can compete with the OGs, the businesses that have been around for forever. And it's also leveled the playing field. And I think this is where I wanted to start because I'm actually, as soon as I'm done recording this episode, I'm flying out to Las Vegas. Uh, I'm doing a uh, two different workshops for the MGM uh, Resort International Group, uh, really focused on this idea. And I'm doing a workshop on digital trends and the impact of social media has on that and why everyone across the marketing communication department there um, you know, really needs to understand what all of this means to what we're currently activating. And then also, how do we set ourselves up to be prepared for the future? And that's what I learned in that cloud computing space. And it's even what I learned in cybersecurity. You know, when I was deploying solutions to the U.S. government, uh, the different active military groups around the world, you know, part of the thing that was really interesting for me was that when I was deploying solutions to Fort Bragg or Fort Huachuca or Camp Pendleton, or I was working with DISA, uh, here at the Pentagon, it was always interesting because 
there was a lot of pushback. There was a lot of, well, that's not the way we've done it. And there was a lot of archaic, you know, hierarchies that are built in, you know, trying to get the army to listen and say, hey, the Air Force tested out this policy. We should learn from that and not deploy the same policy in the army environment. And the answer I always got was, well, we're not the same as the Air Force and we don't trust anyone outside of our walls and our network is different, blah, 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 blah. Hence why I don't work in that space as much anymore. Um, but when I would travel to Iraq and Afghanistan, Kuwait, Qatar, you know, I've been to Kuwait about 20 times. The difference and the thing that really impressed me was that when I would talk about, hey, this is what we're, where we're going. These are the new solutions that we have to deploy. And then these are some of the things that you guys are going to see coming down the road. The question, they, the pushback wasn't there. Rather, what they started asking was, what is the risk level? What is, the, what is our risk tolerance? And then they would ask things like, okay, by doing this, by making this migration, what problems does it solve? And then what new vulnerabilities or things does it expose, right? And it was such an interesting mindset. So the point where I started, uh, when I was auditing my teams, I would always pick the overseas deployments. And people would be like, what? You know, do you love Korea and Japan and Middle East? Well, and the answer is yes, I do. I do love uh, the Middle East and uh, international. But the lesson that I wanted to share here on this, like how this kind of all fits into it, is that we have to approach everything that's presented to us in a way that is truly fits into our own individual success. And that's why when... I, you know, when I was, you know, in the data center space, uh, you know, and then I was hired as an influencer and analyst uh, with a lot of the big enterprise technology brands, the analyze, the, ana the analyst space of the world was really frustrating for me for many years because I, th I believed and I, and I felt like this in many cases, a lot of the big analyst firms would, and it was kind of known that if you wanted to be part of the magic quadrant, if you wanted to be part of this of the predictions of the future, you had to pay money to have their consultants and their advisors come in and listen to you and, and connect with you. And, and to me, I was like, man, that doesn't make sense. But part of it did make sense. Part of it made sense in the sense that we can't look at every trend and say, hey, this worked for this company. I'm going to do it as well, right? But at the same time, we can't only look in our own swim lane. We can't only look in our own industry and our own pipeline. And I can tell you, this has been the most exciting thing for me for the last two years. So the last two years, I've been working with brands of all backgrounds, right? From travel to healthcare, to government, to entrepreneurship, to future leadership. And, you know, I, I get to work with uh, casino brands. I get to work with enterprise technology brands. And part of the, the beauty of this is a lot of times what what brands had brought me in in the past for was what just simply third party validation. And I'm, I still play that role a lot as a speaker. They would say, Brian, you know, I saw this trend coming or Brian, I believe this was true. I've been telling my team it's true, but it wasn't until they heard it from you that they were able to take action. And so this is what I want to kind of uh, unpack for a minute is that when we look at what we're currently working on today, in our business, and even how it connects to our life. What we should start looking at, and I, and I recommend everyone to do this, and, and you know, I kick off my workshop, um, the one I'm delivering uh, tomorrow in Las Vegas, I kick off my workshop this way. I used to always say, we have to start by defining success. 
And it was really important for me. And I learned that I learned it the hard way when I deployed tools for the U.S. government, when I was running the data center and we were migrating people into the cloud computing space. And then as we were deploying employee advocacy and social business tools with IBM and a lot of the companies that I had worked with, the, the idea of defining success first was so important because how can you how do, can you determine what is the right solution or what is the right balance of technology training and empower, empo, employee empowerment if you don't understand where you want to go or even what success looks like? I, I, I've said this before. You should paint a picture of what success looks like. And I don't mean it needs to be like, hey, this is like fancy. I'm, I'm talking like, hey, this is our vision. This is what we want to get. We want to transform these different pieces. But I will tell you, one of the things I've learned recently over the last 18 months, and this is where I'm excited as a digital futurist to work with brands, deliver my two new, I have two new keynote programs for 2020. Uh, and one of them is really, I, you know, a lot of people talk about future proofing your business. And I believe digital transformation, I believe the reason we don't embrace technology, the reason it took eight to 10 years for brands to realize social media wasn't a passing fad, that social media wasn't going away, is that we have to move from thinking about future-proofing something and we need to start future-readying our business. We need to future-ready our business today. And so my, my shift here in my philosophy, and it's what I'm deploying, it's what I'm going to be preaching and helping, these, helping businesses and brands embrace, is that before we can define success, we have to be self-aware and analyze what we are currently using and what our current weak spots are and also what our current strengths are. And, and the reason I shifted is that this used to be step three for me. But when I started to look at the pundits or uh, you know, the people that have inside information on the latest you know, Instagram update or the new feature functionality in, in a new tool, everyone talks about the feature and the, the benefit. And we don't usually hear a lot about why something was deployed or why, why did, did this solution add this component, right? And sometimes as users, it can be frustrating, right? Like, I mean, Twitter is a funny one. For 10 years, people have wanted an, an edit button for Twitter, but they've never planned on putting an edit button. So every time there's a new function or a new feature of Twitter, it's amazing that the new feature gets a, a little bit of press. And then there's people upon people upon people that are like, When's, where's our edit button? This is great, but I don't, I don't want this. I don't want trends. I don't want search. I don't want you know, uh, to be able to follow hashtags. But interestingly enough, and, and this is always one that I think is really funny, is that if you think about it now, like for me, when I wake up first thing in the morning is I open up Twitter. Where do I get my news? Twitter. Where do I get breaking news? Twitter. Where do I um, have active conversations about trending topics? Twitter. But if you would have asked me a couple years ago if that if the you know follow topics and the moments and this whole you know curated you know, they have a, you know, they have an entire team of uh, curators that curate the content that exists on Twitter, I would have said, well, I don't need that. Like I can get that news anywhere. I go to blogs. I have Flipboard. I have all these tools. And the reason I I kind of share that is that when we start to look at this, it's you know the 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 function that Twitter was deploying there is that they're looking at it and saying, this is what currently exists, this is what the average user has, and this is where we can fit in a value add, a value add. And so 
for me, and, and this is something that I, I love kind of activating, when I, when I say this, and I, and I think everyone should do this, and right now is the perfect time. It's the end of January, start of February. It's the start of the new year. Um, tax season is coming up. What you should do is you should analyze every single solution that you pay for and that you're using for free. You should, and it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but you should analyze every single thing. You should put everything into one document or you know, throw it on the whiteboard. And I want you to fully invest in looking at your entire environment. Where do you get your news? Where do you spend your time? What tools are you currently using? What are you, what sites, what are you hosting your website on? What are the, how are you storing your data? How are you, uh, you know, you know, growing your email list? How are you uh, even, you know, how are you uh, secure, you know, making sure that your email list is up to date and, and making sure that your email list is you know the, the the people that are on there are people that actually want to receive? How are you doing all these things? And it's not a marketing. This isn't a marketing um, you know analyst version of this. This is for your business as a whole, small business, entrepreneur, big business. And if you're in, in an enterprise or like you know some of the the companies that I work a lot with. You, you start right by doing it with your group and then you kind of go a little bit larger. I don't believe you need to go company wide because the impact of company wide deployments uh, takes so long to deploy and oftentimes you don't have much of a choice on how that, that all works. But in this current world we're living in today, where we can swipe a credit card, download a new solution in minutes and switch over, one of the things that I think is the most interesting thing is that if you want to truly prepare yourself for the future, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, virtual reality, being fully uh, video enabled on your website, being completely mobile ready. I mean, one of the stats that I talk, talk about, I talk about this on, on stage as well, but for the first time in history, mobile consumption will, will actually out consume TV, out consume TV. And just to put it in perspective, this wasn't even close in 2013. And yet now we are, are flipping the script, right? And so it, it, it's to the point now where it's not even about being a media company, right? That's what Gary Vee talks about. That's what lots of you know, um, evangelists talk about. They talk about the importance of every business needs to be a media company. I believe every, every single company has to be future ready today. And the importance of being future ready means you have to understand what you currently have. Now, the second piece of this, before we get to defining success, is that we need to look. And I, and I was doing this um, on a call the other day, and it worked out really well. And I took, what are the five most successful things your group or team or company has done over the last five years? And what were your biggest failures? And your failures don't, when I say biggest failures, let's just, let's change that. What were the failures, the five failures that kept you up the most at night or the five failures, if you could do it all over again, they would be the first thing that you would do differently, right? So, and it's not having regrets, but what are the five things that, man, we, we executed on this, we deployed a new, we added a new product, we added new services, we moved into a new industry, we uh, were able to hire new employees, which allowed us to do A, B, and C. What, so what these steps means, and this is why I'm so excited to deliver these keynotes. I'm going all in on this, this brand. The new podcast that I'm launching uh, next month is all focused on interviewing people that, that kind of are pushing this boundary on the future of and where the future is going. And it, to me, this is, this is why I'm excited, is that I believe as a futurist, 
I'm going to change. No, I don't believe. I am. I am going to change the narrative about how do we talk about trends and the future of innovation, the future of creativity. Because you guys know, press the damn button is my mantra. Press the damn button has been my mantra for years. It's, it's the, the essence of my, my career. It's the essence of the businesses that I work with. But here's the funny thing. Press the damn button when it comes to futurist trends and understanding new technology is essential because here's the thing. How do you innovate? How do you, how do you create a culture of innovation? You invest in innovating today over ideating today. What I mean by that is just like creativity. If you want to be create more creativity in your company, start empowering the creatives to be creative right now. Because creativity, just like innovation, just like change, is happens and is inspired and ultimately uh, is gives a more def- definite path towards success if you are building and you are evolving while you're actually executing, aka pressing the damn button. And so when we look at all of these things, and, and, and I said this before, you know, when we look at where we're at today, and then we analyze all of the things that we have at our, uh, in our company, all of the tools that we're currently using, we look at our five biggest successes and the five things that we wish we could do over. The, the, the thing that we do now is that we look at all of this. We look at this all at a high picture, and this is what I want us to think about. What in this whole view of our entire dashboard, what are the things that we can do right now to fix problems, streamline solutions, save time, or ultimately get us one more step to success? Now you've noticed this, I haven't even got to trends yet, but I believe that we must simplify what we currently have, and even maybe even more important than that, it's not necessarily simplifying because it doesn't mean you have to delete or uninstall or stop using certain solutions. But you need to simplify it in your mind so that you understand where you're currently out. Because if you have a simplified understanding of today's baseline, tomorrow's innovation, tomorrow's change, tomorrow's creativity, tomorrow's new platform, tomorrow's impact of TikTok on your business is not only less scary, but you immediately can visualize a path towards success. And so for me, as I look at the future of business, the future of marketing, the future of innovation, the future of creativity, I firmly believe we have to go beyond platforms. We have to go beyond solutions. When I look at this, we hear a lot about the importance of customer experience. Uh, my good buddies Jay Bear and Joey Coleman and Dan Gingas and Shep Hyken, they all stress the importance of customer experience. We, we talk a lot about influencer marketing and, and the impact of influencer marketing. We also talk a lot about innovation and where artificial intelligence is coming in. And we have things like Amazon with their smart grocery store and all of these things. But when I look at all of the, when I approach a lot of this change, and when I get businesses, and I, and I had an amazing call uh, with a client this week, uh, I spoke at their event last year, and the, their immediate feedback after I got off stage was, Brian, for the first time in our association's history, we felt cool, in the know, and excited about the future for one hour when you were on stage. Now, I will tell you, my first response to that was, well, if you only felt like that for one hour, I haven't done my job yet, and we have more work to do. 
Now, that's just me being someone that I believe I'm not here just to inspire one hour of shifting your perspective. I'm here to open up your mindset to understand where we're going. But I had a follow-up call and uh, with one of the people that were at that event. And during our, our, our call, and we were talking about the things that, that were changing, he was telling me that part of the change, and, and he's in a manufacturing um, industry, old school tech, but in the multi-millions of dollars um, manufacturing space, and I'm sure he's listening to this uh, episode, as he's told me he's been listening to a bunch of podcasts uh, of mine. The thing that I felt that was really interesting that we can all learn from in our business as entrepreneurs, as small business owners, as middle managers, as executives, as leaders, uh, you know, as thought leaders as a whole, is the thing that he kept saying was that Brian... Not only is third-party validation important, but the self-awareness and the self-checking that you forced us to do as an association and as a business all of a sudden allowed us to come back down to the human condition and start looking at what we need to change from a human-centric place first. And I can tell you, I was like, yes, this is, this is, the, this is the future. The future is being self-aware as a business to know what you're currently using, what your current problems are, what your current strengths are at this moment. And don't, don't tell me you're not going to write them down because yet you're like, Brian, I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses, I know what tools we're using. Um, I'm going to call it, that's complete bullshit. When I worked at the U.S. government, the, we, we were deploying cybersecurity tools, we were deploying SharePoint collaboration tools, we were p- deploying uh, co- uh, you know, Microsoft communicator tools. And you know what the interesting thing was? I had an executive, actually it was a government lead, and he kept saying, you know what's the one thing I wish I had more than anything else in the world? And I was like, oh, here we go. He was like, I just wish I knew what what software was running on every machine in the Department of Defense. And I remember asking him why. And uh, this is my government leave path. And I said, you know, why, why is that so important to you? And he kept saying that, you know, when we look at the total scope of how do we secure ourselves? How do we make sure that we are safer today than we are tomorrow, that we are more innovative today than we are tomorrow, that we are driving change in the world? I don't believe I can do so with a fully 100% committed mindset if I'm not fully 100% believing that I understand where we're at today. And so the answer to the question that I started off this podcast with is that I believe every business, every employee, not just marketing or your product team, every employee needs to understand how to future ready their role in the company. We, we talk a lot about robotics and, and what jobs are going to be replaced. And here's the truth. There are going to be jobs that are going to be replaced and they're already being replaced as we speak. We're going to see a lot more jobs replaced as 5G technology comes out. 5G mobile technology is going to transform everything. Um, it's not just faster mobile phones. It's faster endpoints, faster connection. It's immediate, real-time, actionable uh, you know, connectivity. The idea that you know, a doctor is going to be able to operate virtually from California to New York in, a, in, the, in the, the aspect that there is not a, a delay at all in the connectivity thanks to 5G. The thing about it is, back to what my government lead said and back to this entire principle for me as a futurist, is that... We have to human. We have to have a human-centric ap- approach to future readying our future, and the reason that is is that the jobs are gonna, that going to be replaced 
are not the jobs of the future. They're the jobs that we installed or we implemented because we had no other choice. They were remedial. They were things that had to be done. And that might sound harsh, but if you think about it this way, and this is the way that I always look at you know change and the way that we that the way that the future holds, and maybe I'll, I'll pull this together in this episode right here, right now. If you are willing to change, to install new software, to change your business, to have, to fire maybe current employees that aren't fit for your culture and where you want to go as a business, that's very hard. Uh, I've been a part of that in a couple different uh, teams. I was actually the result of me going, becoming an entrepreneur uh, is that the, the company that was buying the data center I worked for um, believed that they wanted to be slim and agile and didn't want um, anyone that wasn't attached to certain uh, variables. And therefore, uh, I was one that was kind of uh, removed from the uh, equation. But if we want to truly understand it and we want to move this entire needle forward, we want to make sure that our job isn't replaced. We want to make sure that, we, that we're, we're starting to look at you know, how we kind of look at all these chains. Here's how we have, to, we have to adapt this. Before we ever look at where we want to go or what's going to impact us on that road, we have to own this mindset that our ability to change today is not the result of making bad decisions or doing things wrong in the past. Rather, it's the result of everything that we've done, the, where the world has helped us come today, where our customers and consumers are, that has allowed us to make changes and pivots that are going to push us to where we want to be in the future. It's not about future-proofing. It's not about putting our head in the sand. It's not about putting things in place that make our jobs not replaceable. Rather, it's about setting up, analyzing, and being self-aware of your strengths and your weaknesses as a business, as a person, as a brand, and then looking at that holistically and saying, where does this change happen? And so when I look at some of the changes that I'm going to talk about a lot, you know, when it comes to, you know, the the podcast and things that I'm working on, you know, like a lot of the big impacts, especially around the marketing space is we're going to see a much more authentic influencer marketing. We're going to see audience driven content. We're going to see a massive shift in really how Gen Z, the TikTok generation, um, their experiences, their desire for easy sharing simplicity is going to impact things that we're doing. We're going to see a lot more customer driven marketing partnerships than we've ever seen before. We're going to see a massive shift to really consumer-driven uh, measurements, not really uh, you know, the, the metrics that a, be- a brand wants to actually analyze. We're going to talk a lot more about the importance of one-to-one offline communication. We're going to see a much more uh, focus when it comes to advertising um, at directly targeting and micro-targeting and hyper-targeting um, individuals that we truly understand. Um, part of that comes into this idea when we're self-aware and we know what we're strengths and what our weaknesses are, it also allows us to, what are the strengths and weaknesses of our customers? And then what can we do to serve our current customers today? We're going to see a lot more focus on social commerce. We're going to see a lot more people understanding um, rather than getting a lot of data, getting certain data that has a timely uh, component to it. We're going to see a lot of people streamlining their endpoints, uh, focusing on the Internet of Things, and how do we allow certain things in our environment, both offline and online, to impact real-time decisions. These are all the things that are coming. These are things that I talk about in my workshop. I kind of break down how they're going. 
But more so than anything, we're also going to see the word empathy be, be you know, infused in every culture. We're going to talk about how much the emotional, not only the emotional impact of what we're doing as a business, but really what's the emotional impact on our employees and how do we invest in being emotionally ready? How do we invest in having an emotional focus and making the health, the mental health, the self-help, the, the health of our people that make up our brand a priority whilst continuing to innovate and, and fostering a culture of creativity and innovation. I, I've always been excited about the future, but I believe it's the last five years that has brought us to where we're at today that has me more excited than anything else. I believe we've had to get to a point where trust is no longer something that is a given we had to get to a point where technology now is not the shiny object as much as what is the new thing that's going to allow us to solve more problems, give us back more time. And, you know, and time being you know, really evident and more important, especially with the most recent uh, Kobe Bryant uh, and those that passed away on the helicopter, it was really a kick in the idea that you know, time is short and we don't really understand or know how much time we all have. And making sure that we're using that time wisely is important. And I'm excited about where we're going, and I'm excited for us to have a better understanding of where we are today and how we got here. And last but not least, one of the things that I'm, I'm really focusing a lot, I've been spending a lot of hours on, is how do we dissect and analyze future trends and then go back and start doing things that either worked a long time ago or that failed at one point? I will tell you, part of my initiative is not to help people just understand where artificial intelligence is moving, but have us understand this is what artificial intelligence is enabling. What is that experience? What is that, that process? And then how does that impact our brick-and-mortar business? What, how does that impact the sign on the front of our business? How does that impact our website today? How does that impact the next employee that I am hiring? It's much more than hiring someone with a Swiss Army knife of skills. It's much more than saying, wow, I just need to go read back. Let's just launch a, 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 mail, a direct mail campaign because not many people are doing it. It's truly analyzing at its core what success looks like, what the current impacts are on the future, and then where we are today. As you guys can tell, I'm excited about where we're going. I'm excited about my, my focus on my branding on The Digital Futurist, the new show, The Future Of, which will be you know, kind of rolling out very soon. And I can tell you this, FOMO fans isn't going anywhere. I love, the, I love to be able to share and rant and put myself out there for you guys to, to hopefully inspire, to motivate, to educate. I love all the feedback. I appreciate all of you loyal listeners. And I hope you're as excited as I am about the future, about how we get there. And I hope you'll join me on this road. I hope you will tell your bosses. I hope you would go to the associations that you work for and tell them to bring me in. Have them do a web. I'll do a webinar with your brand or company. I'll come out and speak at one of your events. I'll set up the same workshop that I'm deploying this week because I truly do believe that if we inspire and motivate and educate people to understand where we're at today, as a whole, we will together be excited about tomorrow 
and we will help shape tomorrow together. My name is Brian Fanzo. Make it a great day, my friends. Cheers.